This is a HeadGum Podcast. Folks, welcome to another edition of We'll See You in Hell, your favorite, uh, you know, the podcast you go to for the horror commentaries and the and the reviews and the discussions and the sci-fi talk and the <laughs> fantasy flim-flam. This yeah. is where you get it. We're coming to you live from the uncut, thick dick house. Uh... I am uh, Joe DeRosa. Across from me is my co-host, newly scarfed Pat yeah. Walsh. I'm liking the scarf. I uh, much like a dog might wear like a thunder shirt, you know, to, to soothe his anxiety. I like being able to pull on something that's around my neck. So <laughs> this week I've worn a, this. I got a, a nice scarf for Christmas, and I've been wearing it. It's not like silky or douchey. It's a just a. A scarf for snow sled. It, it does say the word douche on it, though. <laughs> it's it, douche brand, but it it's does. not douche. It's not a douchey scarf. It does have the words uh, official pussy inspector embroidered on it. Yes. Well, which... I went through the training, <laughs> that's... and I earned that badge. <laughs> that's why you got the scarf. Right. When you graduate, they give you the scarf. And I am allowed to officiate. Whenever I want, ladies, so be ready for that, and let's not make a hu- huge deal out of it. Not in the workplace, though, right? No. It's got to be out of work. Now, Joe, why did you tell James Franco to do what he did? <laughs> <laughs> this bit will never end, because there's three new ones a day. I don't know uh, what's going on with that. I mean, he was on Colbert, and he said he didn't, he said he didn't do it, but that doesn't mean he didn't well, I'm do it. Sold. But I don't know. Maybe he did do it. I have no idea. I'm yeah. trying to not jump into the... I'm trying to be a, 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 a balanced human being where I believe people when they speak out, but I also don't want to start throwing, like, you know, the lynch noose around everybody's neck as soon as there's a there's a blog headline or something. So it's it's a very, very... This is a very... Colbert handled the discussion very tactfully, I okay. thought. But I'm not answering your question. Why did it, I tell him to do it? Yeah. Because I didn't like the disaster artist. Okay, that's right. And I didn't like the room. And uh, I didn't like freaks and geeks, quite frankly. All right. Quite frankly, I didn't like Good. freaks and geeks. I, now, did you like freaks and geeks? I know you didn't care for the disaster artist. No, we'll talk about that when we hit the movie corner today. Okay. But uh, I don't remember Freaks and Geeks. I think I saw one episode with a very, very crazy person that I dated at one point in my oh. life. So that sort of, we were dating, and then when we broke up, I didn't really feel a thirst to go back and watch more <laughs> Freaks and Geeks. Cause it I'd just love re- to hear who that was. You don't know her. Well, she was in Freaks and Geeks. No, 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 no. I was dating a crazy person uh. that loved the show. And she was like, you got to see this amazing show, Freaks and Geeks. And I watched one with her, and I really liked it. I but then you. we broke up, and I was like, well, I I'm, hear not, you. I hear you. I'm done with that show. I thought maybe you were dating Jason Siegel or something like that. Did you see the Franco Colbert? 
I didn't see. I don't need to see these things. I know how they play out. I know nobody's going for the jugular and everybody's. De- well, the denials some- all sound the same. The accusations all sound the same. Uh, and I think it's it's easy to just start becoming numb to it. I don't want to do that either. That's what I'm saying. It's hard to it's hard to find your footing in all of this yeah. right now. Old Michael Douglas came out and was like, hey, nobody's accused me of anything. Uh, I just wanted to say I didn't do anything. He actually did that. <laughs> Because he caught wind of some secretary or some woman that worked at his company like 30 years ago was about to say that he had jerked off in front of her or something. So he he gets on the horn to these major media outlets today. I was like, anyway, I'm just me, uh, you know, fabled five decade actor Michael Douglas just calling to say that I uh, have never done anything creepy to women. I'm surprised he didn't throw his father under the bus. Just, uh, I wouldn't why, even be surprised. It looked, at this looked like he had been thrown under the bus, <laughs> folks. Why did they wheel Kirk Douglas out and have him talk? Why, why, why did they feel the need to do this? There's He's a lot of whys. There's a lot of whys you could have asked about that Golden Globes. Why did they invite Tanya Harding, who to the to the <laughs> anti misogyny ver- episode of the Golden Globes? They yeah. invite Tanya Harding, who was definitely involved in actual misogyny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody, I think you pointed this out the other day, nobody said a goddamn peep about Nancy Kerrigan. No one cares about <laughs> Kerrigan at all. She's a footnote in the movie about her savage beating. She's barely in it. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's, it's fucking, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know what Allison Janney's up there going, thank you, Tanya, for sharing your story. It's like, yeah. what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's a wild. T- and did you hear this now? I mean, the the hypocrisy knows no ends. But Tanya Harding the other day is like, I gotta say, I never said this at the time, but I did just kind of remember that I think I heard my husband talking at the time about how he was gonna quote take her out. <laughs> just popped into her head now that she's going to the uh, the award shows. Did she show up at the goddamn award show? She's sitting at the table next to Robbie. Robbie. Are you fucking kidding me? Sitting right there. They cut to her 18 times. Jesus fucking Christ. I didn't watch the show. I I, I can't. I mean, I, I have a policy to never watch these shows, period. I watched so, the show. I, I was uh, angry and yelling things the whole time. Uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I, I, I I can't remember the last time I watched like an Oscars or a... Yeah, I still watch them. Now, you said, James, go ahead and go do that. <laughs> yeah. Those were the words I used. James, you want to do it, you do it. Uh, <laughs> Franco, so you said you didn't care for the disaster artist because it's this movie. Well, let's let's save it for the movie. Corner. Right, but it, we haven't even gotten well, on. Your reason the- for not liking it is only going to be helped by this little anecdote. Oh, okay. James Franco calls Tommy Wiseau up to the stage. Yes. Wiseau comes up, he leans in to say something, and Frank goes, no, 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 no. Cuts him off, like almost grabs the mic out of his hand. Yeah. Then Franco just talks for another minute and a half. Yeah. And then walks away and never lets Wiseau say a word. Yeah. So, and by the way, this is the, uh, this is the Golden Globes where uh, Mira Sorvino, yeah. Daryl Hannah, Rose McGowan, uh, Rosanna Arquette and about, I'd say, probably eight other women 
were not invited. <laughs> to, oh, boy. They were not invited yeah. to the ceremony yeah. because they are not famous enough. That's literally yeah. all it is. They were not invited, yet you've got Tommy Wiseau up on this fucking stage, and we're all supposed to act now like this guy had a fucking vision and oh, yeah. and he was just doing the th- this is like when there's a dumb character on a TV show and then they interview the actor and they go well we always looked at it as she wasn't dumb she just looked at things through her own lens or, or she was actually the smartest person in the room yeah. is how I play yeah it. it's like Jesus fucking Christ man yeah. the lengths that I, I, I just, uh. anyway yeah I know I heard Franco took took wouldn't let him talk and then he's like. He's, he's up at the Golden Globes. I mean, that's see what following your dream can do. It's like, yeah, but then you get your dream and you're not allowed to talk because the guy who's exploiting you is winning an award for playing you. Yeah, and making you look like a fucking lunatic, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he is probably, but still. There's no, the only, like the parts in that movie where you feel sorry for him it's like the way you feel sorry for like the elephant man or something. That's You're right. like, yeah. yeah, this is this is making me very sad. Like people are people are looking at this guy like he's a freak. Yeah. You're not yeah. you're not like you're not like somehow getting in touch with this guy as an artist and going, Oh my god, like no. he's actually a beautiful soul underneath the tumors. Tommy Wazoo is not a beautiful soul underneath. He's a no. fucking crazy guy. I don't at least that's what I took away from it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh the Elephant Man is a beautiful... You got what I was saying there. Great picture. I never saw it. Elephant Man? I've never seen it, but I know the story. I read the entire screenplay, but I never watched it. Dave Lynch. I know. You have a problem with looking at Elephantitis, don't you? Uh, not in a prejudice way. Uh, it, 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 it's, I find it upsetting. It's, you know, we've talked about it on the show. With a, it's why I've never watched Under the Skin. So if I said I don't like looking at... Asians because it's upsetting to me. That that's not racist. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the same thing. Okay. <laughs> no, it's it's like it's it just I mean it gets me it makes me upset. It just, you know, it's like saying I don't want to look at uh I don't know. I feel bad. I feel it's not vanity. It's not like I don't look at it and go, "Ew." <laughs> I just yeah. it makes me very sad, so I chose choose not to to purposefully look at it, but I can handle it. All right. I'm not going to jump out of the shadows with a picture of Elephantitis to startle you. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, I need to get that. Well, what I need to do first is get on with the show and also on with a Joe your own way. Joe your own way. Very good. I, there's one that you keep missing. I keep missing a song that you keep missing that I want to tell you about because my friend Rocco used to sing it to me. That but your I'm friend with the modern life, yeah, yeah, the cartoon. I I would talk to the TV when I watched it, yeah, and I believe that he was real and we were friends. Sure. Uh, there's a song he used to put my name into. I don't want to tell you because I would love for you to do it one day. All right, but I also want to tell you because I think you'll never in a million years think of it. What is it? He used to go, Joe, 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 Joe. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was great. And then I would I would sing it back to him. I'd go, rock, 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 And we what? would laugh hysterically. Of course, I know that song, but who's, is that Duran Duran? 
No. Sounds uh, like them. It's it's that song is awesome. That could be my favorite wah, 80s wah, song. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, that might be my favorite 80s song. I forget who sings it though. Okay. I see you in hell. You Anyway, folks, uh, you want to? You were twelve minutes in. You want to? You want to take a stroll over to the to the corner? I do. I mean, unfortunately, I don't even remember what I went into last time. I have so many uh, pictures here, but well, no, I think I do. I've um, got a few. All right, I watched. We can talk about it. Well, we could maybe do this on the pod someday, but no, we're not going to. What is it? A ghost story. Hell's nah. Casey we're never doing that on the pod. Uh, is that was it good, folks? Saw this on a lot of top ten lists. It's Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. Affleck dies ten seconds into the movie, and then he's a ghost in a white sheet the whole rest of the time, right. watching over his wife. I am not exaggerating when I say to you that there is a seven plus minute scene. <laughs> I've seen it described as everything from five to nine minutes. <laughs> Truth is, I timed it out at about 7.31. All right. Rooney Mara gets a pie from a neighbor as like a sorry your husband died treat. She stands at the counter and eats this pie in real time with a spoon. The entire pie. For about five minutes. She eats this pie. Then the entire pie or just eats from the pie? And eats from the pie. All right. Then she sits down on the floor and for an additional several minutes continues eating the pie. Then she gets up, walks to the bathroom, and vomits up the pie. Then we just go on to the next scene in the movie. I look it up. How's that got to do with ghosts? A lot of chatter online about this pie scene. People calling it interminable. (laughs) Even like people who raved about the movie were like, this fucking director thinks we want to watch this fucking shit. (laughs) The director's saying it's the shot he's most proud of in his career. Um, and then, of course, a lot of people just saying that they hated it and what was the point. But it, the movie, as you can imagine, is very, very slow and boring. Yeah. Um, and why is he walking around on a sheet? He's a ghost. There's another ghost that he talks to with subtitles who lives across the street. Fuck everything about this fucking movie. I, I, I hate this goddamn thing. I've never seen a scene of it. It's frame. streaming on Amazon. It's um, I've liked the director's other stuff, kind of. It's just kind of, it's a real endurance test. It's a bad movie um, with some interesting visuals. Okay. All right. Uh, I saw uh, You're So Cool Brewster. What? Uh, it's a documentary about the making of the original Fright Night. Okay. That's a famous line in the movie. Uh, it was great. It was fantastic. They interviewed everybody. They got everybody back. Fucking uh, Stephen Jeffries, who played Evil Ed. The William, what's his name, that plays the main guy. Roddy McDowell's not in it because he died. But uh, Tom Holland, the director and writer. Amanda, is it Burse from Married with Children, who played Marcy? I thought Bierce, but I'll Bierce, accept that. Uh, she, you know, she, she plays the, the romantic lead in the film. Uh, 
And uh, it's actually her face on the uh, posters with that, that like deranged female vampire face is her. Uh, it was great. It was fucking great. It was a great nostalgia documentary. It's streaming on Shudder right now. You can go check it out. Um, if you're a Fright Night fan, I'd say definitely check it out. Um, it's just a great... It's just a great, uh, really fun documentary for the fans. And it was cool hearing Tom Holland talk about why he wrote the movie and how it was his love letter to horror fans and, and how much thought went into this thing. And and uh, just a lot of cool little facts and movie trivia things in it and whatnot. And, you know, just go check it out if you like Fright. Even if you don't like Fright Night, go watch the fucking thing. All right. You know, sick of it already. Go watch it already. <laughs> I saw a film that's been in the news a lot this week. All the money in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's. This is just now, a, how this, we miss this in our hypocrisy <laughs> of Hollywood overview. <laughs> this is just a gorgeous unraveling of a of a tale. The, the, I love it. I love everything about it. <laughs> Movie stars: Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark, uh, Michelle Williams, and Kevin Spacey. Around Thanksgiving time, I see a big poster up at the movie theater for this movie. Then, uh-oh, Kevin Spacey's grabbing dicks. They're going to reshoot a leading role in the movie with Christopher, Plum- Christopher Plummer playing Kevin Spacey's role. Because for some reason, they had Kevin Spacey in old age makeup playing the part. Yeah, that I didn't get. He's playing Getty, the guy who owns the Getty Museum, which right. is currently on fire here in Los Angeles. Um, they reshoot it. And it was just revealed yesterday that... Well, they have to reshoot with Plummer, right? With Plummer. So, and, and I was like, how are they going to do this? Because the movie goes all across the globe, exotic locales. It's clearly right. very expensive. And they actually reshot the scenes. It's not like they digitally superimposed Plummer's head or something. So I'll get to the movie in a moment. But the big story this week is that Williams was like... I understand this is a terrible thing about Kevin Spacey. I'll do it. For the per diem, meaning like go get your meals in Rome or whatever. It was less than $1,000. For less than $1,000. She was paid less than $1,000 for reshooting the movie. Meanwhile, at the same agency, (laughs) these agencies are unbelievable. They are working out a $1.5 million deal. Yeah. Probably more than Michelle Williams made for the movie in the first place. Yeah. Just to do these reshoots, and he got it. He got paid. For Wahlberg. Yeah. Wahlberg got paid $1.5 million to do something that everyone was like, well, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. And would have just taken credit for it until someone exposed him. I don't know who. Like everybody else. Yeah. uh, it, It is amazing. This town is sick. It is sick. I mean, if nothing else, maybe it'll make people think, okay, every shitty thing I do could be exposed tomorrow. Maybe I'll stop doing shitty things. I hope it has that effect. I doubt it. I I subscribe to the philosophy that Chappelle puts forward in the new special in his one of his new specials where he says, uh, you have the bad guys scared, which is good, but fear unfortunately doesn't last. Uh. And once they're not scared anymore, they're just going to be bad again. We have to change our system. I actually agree with that. I think that's sure. very insightful. Uh, and uh, I love both those specials. I didn't see the second one yet, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, you could hear if you stood quietly in the valley at night here in Los Angeles, you could hear the echoes of Ridley Scott's 
pats of on his own back. That's right. When they fired Kevin Spacey, I mean they, he was so vehement about that and 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 outspoken and proud and whatever. And at the time, I thought, well, good for him. He 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 did a really tough thing, and that's wow. He he stepped up to the plate. There's no fucking way Ridley Scott didn't know about that deal. No way. There's no fucking way. Well, interestingly, Ridley Scott, when I read this big interview with him about it, he was just like, he seemed more jazzed about the prospect of doing it, like a filmmaking challenge when he's 80 years old and getting bored with directing. He was almost barely mentioning the Spacey thing. (laughs) He just seemed like really excited by the opportunity to do this quickly and presumably on their dime. But um, the point is, gang, all this work was done, all these... Secrets and lies exposed to make just the most average movie you've ever seen. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you're not getting anything above average ever with Wahlberg or Ridley Scott anymore. Wahlberg playing a smart person, always a mistake. Uh, What is wrong with these people? No clue. What is wrong? Who doesn't understand? Don't cast him in the fucking smart guy part. He's playing like a genius. And by the way, strategic genius. If I can, if I can interject something about Wahlberg, why I fucking can't stand this guy anymore. Uh, aside from the fact that the only film of his he denounces now is Boogie Nights best, because it yeah. was against God or whatever. He's a fucking lunatic. But this fucking guy's doing the, literally the highest paid actor in the world. The highest paid actor globally is Mark Wahlberg. He's doing fucking AT&T commercials because this fucking asshole needs the fucking money, I guess. And I'm talking about this with somebody, and they're like, well, I don't care if stars endorse products. I go, I don't care about that either. But everybody's bitching about the fucking dissolving of, of the middle class. How do you yeah. think that's not fucking part of it? Last year, that gig went to an unknown female actor who became known as the AT&T girl because right. she was the fucking AT&T girl. Now it's Mark Wahlberg just snatched that fucking job from somebody. That's right. It's so fucking gross, dude. Anyway, sorry. And they're terrible commercials, by the way. He's an idiot. Yeah. He's the one of the dumbest human beings on planet Earth. And he's a truly bad actor unless he's playing the idiot that he is. Yeah. Well, that's what my friend Jerry, I remember, said after we after when he did that follow that shitty follow up movie to Boogie Nights with like Lou Diamond Phillips. The big, oh, yeah. The, the big, big hit hit or whatever. I remember my friend going to see it and being like, dude, it, the movie sucks. He was like, but here's the real bummer. We we all thought Mark Wahlberg was like acting. In yeah. Boogie Nights. He's just kind of that guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. And he wants beat up an Asian man. While yelling slurs. Yes, that did happen. So, uh, something to think about. Did you see Weinstein get slapped in the face in that restaurant? Loved it. I rewound it five times. I was laughing my balls off. Yeah. And then it's also kind of like, thank God. Like, who's who's sitting in there? All these people just like, look who, you know, who's over at that table? Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> what? None of you have any, everyone should have been slapping him in the damn face. The thing is, he's now going to probably sue that guy for five million. Yeah, and I know. Listen, I know that that's not the right way to handle things. Again, I was I'm, I'm the one saying we can't form into lynch mobs. I know it wasn't right that the guy slapped him in the face. However, I am still a comedian that laughs. 
I wasn't laughing at the slap. He barely fucking touched Yeah, it him. wasn't much. I was laughing at, the, at how Jersey the guy was. And he's yeah. going, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Fucking with those women. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah. Who's the scumbag with Harvey Weinstein who steps in and goes, Turn what the camera off. Turn the camera off. And no, doing? he starts laughing and he goes, oh, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Who is that piece of fucking garbage? And also, Weinstein's got more money than God. Why is he still in this country? <laughs> Go somewhere. I thought or- you were going to say, why is he wearing a uh, quadruple XL Hanes t-shirt to a nice restaurant? I think he's trying to hide. Yeah. I think yeah. he's trying to look like slovenly and homeless. Why is he at a, a ritzy... I, I don't get it, dude. Why have it's these like, privileges not been taken away? Well, this they, one isn't a hmm, a maybe. No, he, he's done minimum some things, some terrible things. This is this is well. Look, his he's he's technically a free man, so he's allowed to go into restaurants, and then it's the true. restaurants are also allowed to say "get the fuck out of here," right. which is great. Um, but my point is is. Dude, you're the most hated man in the world right now. Go to go somewhere other than the fucking spotlight country. Yeah. I mean, I'm just shocked at the audacity of a guy that's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to stay here. Just go out to restaurants. You don't like rape women weekly, nightly for years and years and years and years and not have some form of narcissism. Well, that's nobody's true. ever going to get me. I'm fine. He's still probably like, this is all going to blow over. That's true. I'll get out of town. I'll go to Arizona. It goes goes within driving distance of Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, I mean, it's a bad time. Uh, Always. It's always. Speaking of bad times and and gross people, uh, disaster artists. Yeah. I I finally saw it. Shut the thing off halfway through it. Couldn't finish it. could not, and I texted this to, to, to you when I was watching it. I said, I just turned off the disaster artist. I was about 45 minutes in. I couldn't, I was going to puke if I saw one more cool kid cameo. This fucking movie, every part that has one line of fucking dialogue to it, from, from, the, from the smallest, like, you know, five, five lines or under extra whatever bullshit part, all the way up to the leads. This fucking thing is... There's, like, a scene they go into, like, a goddamn, like, to rent something. Hannibal is behind the desk as, like, the rental guy or whatever. Hannibal's my friend. I'm not shitting on Hannibal. You know, then the guy that brings him in to see Hannibal is the guy from, like, fucking, you know, Parks and Rec or some shit. And then... You know, they're in the, the restaurant and the producer's being played by Judd Apatow and the agent who's like the shysty Hollywood agent is being played by Sharon Stone. She's in it for a second. Right. She comes in for two fucking lines. And it's like, hey, guys, you made a goddamn movie about the beauty of the struggling artist and how if you pers- if you push and, and commit, you can persevere. How about you put a few fucking un- un- unknown actors in this thing instead of making it this fucking circle jerk with you and all your friends... I was annoyed when the fucking thing opened with, like, Adam Scott, like, the most famous people in Hollywood uh, uh, talking about how brilliant the room is. Adam Scott actually says they're not talking about the Oscar-winning picture from 10 years ago, but they are talking about the room still. You don't ever see that. 
Yes, you do all the fucking time. What are you talking about? <laughs> you moron. People still gather in theaters across this country at midnight on Fridays to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. What yeah. the fuck are you talking about? Right. Because this is the one you and your friends went to? Shut the fuck up. Ugh. Fucking movie stunk. It was kind of <laughs> funny. Uh, I-, I shut it the fuck off. I, I-, I couldn't stand it. I... I-, 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 I- you know, I couldn't you, fucking you, stand you sh- it. You should have been on debate team, Joe, because I, I enjoyed the movie thoroughly, and you just convinced me that uh, all of that was shitty. <laughs> I yeah. agree. Everywhere- I mean, I, it opens up with Kristen Bell and, uh, you know, the legacy of the room. Let, let's not go crazy. None of our none of our parents know what the room is. Could there be it, two it more? Pu- it didn't penetrate the culture. Could there be um, two more boring people? To see at the top of a movie being interviewed, then Kristen Bell and Adam Scott. Yeah. I, I mean, your book ending, you, you just, you, you just took, took two boring bookends and put them right together at the top of the movie. And by the way, at, at, throw Dax Shepard in there for good fucking measure. You know what I mean? And it's like, and now these guys are going to tell me why this fucking piece of shit movie is is brilliant. Get the fuck out of my face. That was like when they did the Funny or Die. 10-year, like, anniversary oh, yeah, yeah. interview article. And it's, like, Kristen Bell being like, it was just about grab the camera and shoot the fucking thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, was it about that, Kristen? Yeah, was it about that? Just go grab your red camera that you probably have lying at the bottom of a closet and you're fucking... Shut up! Yeah. Stop making it sound like you guys were struggling and creating art. Jesus Christ, they didn't interview one fucking person in that Funny or Die article who was just a normal guy that, like, put a video up and, like, broke through. Where did the article appear? It was in a magazine. I think it was in, like, Esquire or something. Oh. And um, But not one person in the... In the, in the it, it was like, we're going to celebrate, like, this groundbreaking radical website. And then all they do is interview, like, Kristen Bell and fucking, like, you know, and, like, Will Ferrell. And you're like, what, what is this? Right. What are you talking about? People only care about celebrities. That that goes for everyone in this town and everyone in America at large. They only care about celebrities. And it is bad when you st- we, we have started to refer to it as this town, this sick town. <laughs> yeah. What else no, did you it, see? Um, <coughs> uh, Excuse me. I saw. I don't want to spoil a few we might do, guys. Uh, watch right. on Netflix Super Dark Times. I still need to see that. Because Joe and I are going to discuss. I think that's a great one for this podcast. I watched Wind River. What the fuck is that? It stars Jeremy Renner. The reason you haven't heard much about it this award season is because it was produced by Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> And the guy who made it is fucking pissed, and he's like, all right, all proceeds are going to Native American <laughs> women's shelter. Like, he's just trying to get anybody to see it. <laughs> but it's the guy who did, uh, he wrote Hell or High Water, he wrote oh, okay. Sicario, he wrote and directed the upcoming Sicario 2, which I'm very excited about. Um, and that's called Sicario 2? It's called Sicario 2, like Judgment Day? Prisoner Rising or something. Uh, okay. Like but uh, Wind River is Jeremy Renner. And uh, the good Olsen, Elizabeth Olsen, they're in like a Native American snowy wilderness and some bad shit goes down and they investigate. But it's uh, 
it was really good it was a really good thriller it had like a real rough flashback kind of scene where you kind of start putting shit together really hateable villains nice message who's the villain renner no no oh he's the hero yeah renner is a great villain i wish he would do it more he's like a kind of a dim bulb uh yeah, he's not a he's a he's a sheriff in the town, and she's a uh, FBI agent, and they team up. This guy loves writing about sheriffs. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and to add one more on real quick, you talk about Renner being a good villain because that reminds me of one I saw where he was absolutely not a great villain. A little picture called The House with Will Ferrell oh, and Amy Christ. Poehler. Do you watch that? Look, Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler are funny. They are. They haven't been in anything funny in many, many years. But I step up to that plate again and again. Yeah, I mean, what, it, what the hell? Man? This was less funny than Get Hard, which was terrible with him and Kevin Get Hard. Get Hard was, offended me in way, on levels that I never even could have fathomed. Yeah. This was also less funny than uh, Daddy's Home, which was nearly unwatchable. Jesus Christ. Uh, it was so horrifically bad. And it's just like what you're talking about with the disaster artist. We're in this thing now, and I'm not going to name names because we definitely know some of these people, but like, and I'm not speaking for everyone in the movie. This is one where every single part in the exact same way is one of these like mid-grade comedians that are in every single thing that gets made. Right. They were in two episodes of Parks and Recreation, which put them on the cool club. Right. And now there's a town hall meeting scene where like 12 of the people with lines in this scene are people you've seen on like Hulu's Casual or right. Transparent One Week. Right. Or, you know, and we you know exactly who these people are. They've been the supporting roles in movies now for 15 years, and it's getting really boring. And they're talented people and funny people. They've been playing the same part over and over and over for more than a decade. And it's getting real fucking old. The, that's the least of the problems for the house. Now, Joe, tell me what you think the house is about. Well, Pitch me the house. I know what it's about. It's about their... You think you know what it's about. Well, they need money for their kid to go to college. Yeah. So they start an illegal gambling casino, or an illegal casino, like, in their basement. And it's their house, which is a play on the house. Yeah. That's obviously how the movie was pitched and what it should have been. But what it actually is, is Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler need money for college. And their crazy, druggy friend, who just got divorced, played by, of course... Jason Manzukis. That's who I was couldn't remember his name. That's the guy that leads. Yes, that's yeah, right. Franco in to meet Hannibal. Manzukis offers up his house. This like acquaintance in the neighborhood. His what? this. So immediately, ninety percent of the stakes of the movie are taken away. Why would they do it in? It's such a stupid fucking choice for a screenplay to do. Like okay. If somebody pitched me on an elevator, it's Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler, they need money for college to turn their house into a casino. Got it. They, that's how the movie was even advertised. That is not what the movie is. They make every choice away from the direction of comedy. Uh, there's not a smile to be had in it. It's a terrible, terrible movie. I, I got to tell you, dude, I am heart... Because Poehler is a much, much, much less of an offender than Farrell is yeah, these days. and I like sisters with, 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 with Polar. With making bad stuff, you know what I mean? Agreed. Farrell, on the other hand, I'm like heartbroken over it. 
Yeah, I, it's it's it is a it is a like Jim Carrey level drop off where I'm like, dude, you are the funniest human being on earth, and these fucking things you're making, dude. It's like it's like when Sandler started doing it. Farrow lasted way longer, thankfully. Yeah, but you know, by the time Sandler was doing like Mr. Deeds, and you're just like, what the fuck is happening here? Mr. Deeds has some really funny parts. Okay, Totoro's funny. Totoro is very funny. There was a bad example, or not the best example. But you're, you're up to the end of the good Sandlers with Deeds. I mean, sure. Little Nicky, I think, is the official. That's terrible. Except Rodney Dangerfield's in it. Yeah. Um, it just bums me out, man. The guy's so goddamn funny. And it's like, you know, and Polar, too. I, ho- I just hope that she doesn't continue on a streak of shit like this. Because she did something right before this where I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Was it Baby Daddy? Baby Daddy was years ago, and and is not not a terrible movie. Maybe no. What was sisters. first, that or Sisters? Sisters looked very bad to me. Sisters had some funny parts too. They're both uh, very Passable. average comedies. So they're, and they're both light years better than The House or Get Hard or Daddy's Home or anything else or Daddy's Home. Daddy's two. Home Two. Did yeah. you see? I didn't see Daddy's Home Two. Um, all right. Well, uh, I have uh, seen a couple other things, but I'm actually going to take them into Joe Scary stuff. Do it. Because it's going to piggyback what I said last week. I, I bought those Full Moon DVDs that were on sale. Uh, Hideous was one. Uh, another one was called The Creeps. Uh, I recommended you all go buy them. And I watched them this week. And by watch them, I mean I watched three quarters of each. I couldn't even finish these fucking things. Uh, they weren't even fun bad. Like, I thought they yeah. were going to be, like, kind of, like, tasteless and gross and, like, you know, ridiculous. I thought there would be some real, real value in at least the visual aspect of the films. And there just isn't. They're, they're, they're just they're just not good movies. I'm sorry. And I like Full Moon. I, I think they're cool. I think they're a cool company. Uh, maybe I just saw the wrong ones, but I think Puppet Master is as good as it gets uh, with Full Moon. Now, look, I haven't watched the, uh, what's the other one I got there? Rituals of the Cult, the Occult. That's a three-piece one with Netherworld and some other stuff. I'm still going to watch it. I look forward to watching it. Uh, I look forward to watching Head of the Family. But as far as the Creeps and Hideous go, which are two from what I could tell, flagship movies for for right. five, full moon features. Holy shit, man! I couldn't. The creeps. I was like, it's the creeps. Is the, the other title is Deformed Monsters, and it's about a guy trying to bring uh, history, literature's greatest monsters to life. So it's Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, Wolfman, Mummy. Uh, but his experiment goes wrong, and they come out. Uh, half the size or whatever okay. so you got little people playing these monsters oh boy so which so i was like all right that sounds like a pretty it's like zany idea i'm into it i'm watching this thing i'm like obviously i get like halfway through the thing i'm like obviously this is supposed to be like a kid's movie i was wrong like this is supposed to be like a thing that you can watch with your kids okay because it's like a zany crazy thing right and there's like a Four minute tit scene. Oh, <laughs> they haven't said fuck once in the movie. Yeah, they got a they got a little guy dressed as a mummy rubbing this lady's tits as she screams. I'm like, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's. I'm, what am I watching right now? 
So I unfortunately hideous. And why am I jerking off to it? Yeah, right. Well, I was jerking off before the tits even came out, <laughs> folks. Uh, uh, hideous was was a was a hair better, uh, but hideous was supposed to be about these like freak babies that break out of their formaldehyde jars and start killing everybody. I'm 55 minutes into this goddamn thing. I, I, they haven't killed one person. And then I realized, oh, they don't have the budget to do like a ghoulies thing. Right. So it just it just wasn't good. It just They just weren't good films. Uh, so I apologize if you went and purchased those on my say-so. They did do a nice job with the packaging and the transfers were nice. Uh, and the video zone featurette on them is pretty cool where you see like the behind the scenes. And here's the weird thing, too. I was like, obviously, the whole thing here was a bunch of people saying, like, we're going to make like a really poor, like a like a like a camp film. Right. You watch the behind the scenes shit. These guys are like, what a fucking joy it was. We put our heart and soul into these pictures. They're interviewing the actors. They're like, this was so amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's. It's not that layered. This is not a put on. These people really believed in this, right? I, I, I just or don't get or it. over time, they grew to after going to a few of these like uh, trade shows and things like that. And people say, "Oh, I love that movie. It meant so much to me." No, no, no. These are for interviews at the time they're doing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, right. they're doing these interviews at the time. Sometimes you watch like you know everyone comes up to me and tell me how. Their favorite kill was me in Halloween 5. And I'm like, no, they didn't. You just want to be like, no one ever told you that. <laughs> well, I did once meet, uh, and I, I don't remember her name because she's only in this. This is the only movie I've ever seen her in. But I did meet the girl from um, the woman from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Uh, the one who burns herself with cigarettes to stay awake. And, and so she's the one Freddie kills. Freddie pops out of the uh, TV. And he picks her up. Oh yeah, we and talked he about goes, "Welcome to prime time, bitch!" and slams her head through the TV, and that's how she dies. But I met her, and I, I and I meant it. I go, "You're my favorite kill in all of Nightmare on Elm Street." And she said, "God bless you, thank you." She was it made her fucking day. You could tell. All right, it was really sweet. So why don't you lay off the Halloween Five cast and crew right now? All right. All right. I watched a couple of these docs myself on the Bill and Ted's Excellent Collection DVD set. Because no such thing, in my opinion. Now I like liked these movies when I was a kid, but I always thought they were a very pale Wayne's World imitator, even though they were before Wayne's World. I loved Excellent Adventure. I didn't like Bogus Journey. Right, too dark. Um, but weirdly, I've been hearing constantly about people referring to this as one of the best comedies ever made. The original people really love it. Just like a reevaluation of this movie that's that's been going on for decades. So I see they got the new ones. They I watched an hour long documentary on adventure, hour long documentary on bogus journey. Uh, there's some side drama where the writing team that did it had like a bitter separation right right before they started on bogus journey, which was very interesting to hear about. And um, they're great documentaries, especially if you're fans of the movies. T- tonight, this weekend, I'm going to actually rewatch the movies. But what I was seeing of Bogus Journey looked uh, disturbing, frankly. And it was too dark. When yeah. I was a kid, I, I worshipped the first one when I was a kid. I yeah. loved it so much. I loved that George Carlin was in it, like sure. playing like the time traveler uh, sage guy or whatever. I loved those characters. I loved the gag of like Alex Winter's uh, dad fucking the like 
20 yeah. year old that they like had graduated like a year before them or whatever. Right. I, I just I thought it was awesome. My mom loved it because she felt like it was like sort of educational. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was just an awesome, awesome movie. It was every kid's dream. It's, you know, time travel. It's like Back right. to the Future, but even like crazier. Yeah. And then I rented Bogus Journey and I was so excited to watch it. And I, I didn't even fi- I remember I didn't finish it. I was like, this is too dark. Yeah. I don't like this storyline of these robots. They felt it if- went too dark as well. But yeah, I'm intrigued to watch it again. Uh, Sadler's very good as death in it. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it, it bums me out. Now, older people, people our age now say, oh, Bogus Journey's way cooler and way better. That's what I hear. Yeah. But I think that's something that comes with age. You know, Faith No More and Primus are both in Bogus Journey. Uh, I didn't know they were in it, but I know they're on the soundtrack. Uh, I bought, I own to this day that soundtrack for the Faith No More song on it because uh, that's the only way you could get it, Pat. Yeah. Anyway, listen, we're 44 minutes in. We haven't even come within a breath of... Uh, well, that's fine, because I imagine review. we're not going to have much to say here. <laughs> we're fi- talking about what I thought was the third in the franchise, even though I've seen the other three, <laughs> and realized morning of that it was the fourth. Insidious, colon, the last key. Yeah. I mean, Joe, walk us through the franchise as a whole very quickly, if you would. Well, Insidious... You and I did Insidious 3 on here, I believe. I think we did, and I don't think we had a lot of nice things to say. No. Uh, Insidious is a phenomenal horror movie. It's one of uh, the, the better horror movies to have been made in the last 15 years or 10 years, whatever it's been. Uh, it stars Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne. Uh, their son has a demon attached to him. He's in a coma because this demon has this kid trapped in a place called The Further... Uh, and Patrick Wilson has to go into the further and release and save his son. Uh, and then you find out that Patrick Wilson had also been subjected to this as a child. It's an awesome movie. It's scary. It's not, it doesn't rely on jolt scares. There are jolt scares, but that's not all that there are. There's a really terrifying scene of an old man baby dancing to like 1910 piano music that's mm-hmm. very fucking creepy. Um, it's just a great moody piece. The second one is more of a sort of ghostly adventure. I like the second one. People hated it because I think they wanted another straight horror thing. But I thought the second one was very cool. I thought they tied they tied it into the first movie brilliantly. They they do things in the second film where you see that oh that's what was happening in the first movie. Like they just do a really good job with it. I I, I liked it a lot. And I enjoyed the adventure of it all. Third movie is clearly when Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne said, fuck this shit, we're done. So they said, okay, we'll start making prequels that center around the Zelda Rubenstein of the Insidious franchise. Uh, Lynn Shea's character. I can't. I, I know her name. I can't remember the goddamn character's name. Lynn Shea is the uh, old woman... From something about Mary, the very tan woman Magda. She is also the lady who does the tongue motion, the landlord in Kingpin. Which is why I think it's weird that in both movies that she's the lead in, they have a demon that goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
It's too uh, obvious of a nod for me. So yeah, I mean, we're so talking then, about then two it becomes a prequel vehicles for Lynn Shay here. Yeah, and I'm I'm happy for Lynn Shay. She's a great actor. Uh, so they start making them as prequels with three. So three becomes three is now. This is where it all. This is how they marketed three. This is where it all started. This was the big one. Blah blah blah. Three was not great. No. Uh, four comes out. Same marketing all again. You got to go back to the beginning where it all started. I'm like, they already fucking did that, I thought. Right. Um, so this one, part four, is a sequel to part three, and it's also a prequel to part one. And, and it's called The Last Something, which I always find funny. Now, the one positive I'll say about the movie, there are parts in the movie where they go back into part one, and I thought that that was cool. There's a scene from part one where a kid hears a ghost in his closet. Uh, and in this movie, you see Lynn Shay in the further, like, open a door. And you see a shot of the kid from the first movie turn and look. And you realize, oh, that's what he hears in that part. Didn't even catch it. Uh, I'm amazed that people have, like, the memory for Insidious 1 when you're watching Insidious 4. I, I liked the franchise. And right. it's just fallen off. Part, I also like at the end, she gets a call. And it's the call to go help the Patrick Wilson, Rose Byrne family in Insidious. That I remember, yeah. That was cool. They're, they just did some little, like, little cool stuff like that. Other than that, this thing is a fucking hot log of shit. It's so bad. I saw mean, it with a shout out to our dear friend Karen Kilgariff, host of My Favorite Murder with Georgia Hardstock. Har Georgia Hardstark. Jesus Christ. What? Uh, I said harsh, harsh. I, I lost the ability to speak. I got to be honest. You look like you've been on the verge of falling asleep. Not true. Through this, I'm not saying you're not invested. I'm just saying you look tired. I'm strangely tired, but I, but I'm here. Uh, uh, yeah, we they, saw it with Karen. We went, they do. We they little, do my favorite murder, and, the, yeah. and they're great. And they, uh, they, we get a lot of our viewers. I've learned listeners from my favorite murder and from uh, the Gilmore guys. Oddly enough, very nice. I, I asked that question got asked on Facebook the other day. Very nice. Um, yeah, I mean, Karen must have just been completely lost. She hadn't even seen the others, but it didn't really matter. I mean, you're it watching didn't. a Lynn Shea vehicle. <laughs> she she can't hold the screen for 90 minutes. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, look, I, I, I don't know whether she could or she couldn't. She's being handed dog shit to yeah. work with. I mean, it's like, it, it, look, again, nobody else in the movie even registered as being a character. I'm happy for her because I'm like, that's pretty great that a woman of at her age, she's in her 70s, I believe, yeah. uh, is getting to do a lead part in a Hollywood film. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and it's going to probably make her for the rest of her life. You know what I mean? So right. I'm happy for her to have the work. I wish they gave her better material to work with. It's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Then you got Bruce Davidson coming in halfway through this thing. The performance he gives is one for the ages. I mean, th their <laughs> scenes together are just the worst scenes Yeah, in a real bad movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bad movie. I don't even know where to... Terrible dialogue, terrible acting. And then also there's this whole, like, subplot of, like, the house... The demon in the house is making the men who live in the house act crazy and kidnap women and keep them in, like, a giant turned off freezer downstairs i'm like what the fuck does that have to do with anything yeah uh like it just it just didn't it was just so crazy it was like what, what is going on right now 
And I mean, people, this is a Blumhouse picture. It's a Blumhouse picture, which mm-hmm. we also saw a trailer for another Blumhouse picture called Truth or Dare that looks like one of the shittiest things I've ever I've ever seen. But I'm like, this is Blumhouse. How is Blumhouse putting this kind of thing and get out? How are they putting both out? How is Blumhouse not stepping in and going, we need a better fucking script for Insidious 4? Unless they're just saying, people will go see it. We don't give a shit. It's going to make millions of dollars. And it did. It made shitloads of money. probably what it is, yeah. It just bums me out, man. It's like, of all the companies, it's like, to me, that company should be, should be, combing these scripts more and 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 putting it better think about how great it would be if it was a good movie yeah like why are you mailing it in at this point like it's just i think you know that those kind of movies enable them to make the shit they care more about probably just they'll be churning out an insidious ever it seems like there's one a year i don't know if that's true but but you could but here's the thing the first insidious made a lot of money and it's good. Mm-hmm. The second Insidious made a lot of money, and it was good. It might have not set well with fans, but it's a quality film. I guarantee those fans don't care now that they've seen three and four. The three and four, it's like, guys, it's 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 like Sci-Fi Channel bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like old old Sci-Fi Channel. I, I like a lot of the, what Sci-Fi Channel does now, but, you know. You mean like the Mothman? Yes, I'm referring to your Mothman movie. Yeah. Uh, it's just like I don't get it. Like, why? Just make it make it decent for Christ's sake. Try, yeah, yeah. It just didn't. That this, this had first draft written all over it. I mean, lazy writing. There's a part where you find out Lynch, Bruce Davidson. You find out is Lynch's brother, and uh, and he's got two daughters. He, by the way, comes in. Karen did hit it on the head. She goes, she's supposed to be her younger brother. And they're having this like dramatic like face-off argument thing, mm-hmm. and in the middle of it, Karen goes, "And why are you older than me?" And it was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's weird." Yeah. Bruce Davidson looks significantly older right. than Lin Shay. Then he's got two daughters who I think are maybe eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> who that's never explained. <laughs> they're not eighteen, by the way. And there's two. Her kind of sidekicks throughout this movie are. 40-year-old-plus creeps, one a nerd, one like an act, actively lecherous sex perv. <laughs> and the the really the only story I was tracking in this movie was the love triangle between an underage girl and these two 40-plus-year-old <laughs> goons who are actively trying to fuck these girls, and it's played for comic relief throughout. Yeah, and I guess I guess the only explanation is is that the girls are not supposed to be underage, but God damn it, they 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 didn't look a stitch more than seventeen. To no, me. they didn't. Uh, <clears throat> which I know because of James Franco is a le- is legal in New York. Yeah, but the movie doesn't take place in New York. No, it doesn't. Well, it does take place in New uh, uh, Arizona or New Mexico. God knows what the legal age is down there. Uh, I, I was, I'm shocked it was seventeen in New York. I, I had no idea. Well, yeah, I'm, that's my point. And that's a progressive state. Right, right. You, know, you get down into Arizona, it's like, Christ, they're, they're yeah. shipping them to the altar at 12, probably. Yeah, probably. You know. Stereotyping. Arpeo. Welcome to Arpeo's Arizona. <laughs> that's the racist share. Yeah, I got it. Oh, good. All right, well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, we were we were all confused by that, that whole love mix. Um, it's a bad picture. The There's demon... No- even the way the demon, the demon in this one, it was real mailed in. It was like the way he looked. I mean, it just looked like they went to a sort of paint by numbers demon book. 
and we're just like, yeah, they'll do this and this. And, and it's like, you know, the original demon in the first Insidious is so fucking freaky looking. Mm. And it is cool that that thing pops up at the end. The red demon. Yeah. Like, but it's, it was such like a cool take and it kind of looked like Darth Maul, but it didn't. It was fucking scary looking. Mm-hmm. This thing, it was just like, you know, put a fucking big hole in its face and, you know, put keys on its fingers because you got to open all the red doors or whatever. the. F- I don't even understand what that was. That, no. I know that's a reference to something that I'm not remembering, but it sucked. You can easily skip this movie, gang. Watch something better. Watch Super Dark Times and get ready because once Joe watches it, that'll be the next one we do. Uh, uh, I will watch Super Dark Times before next week, and we can we can do that one. Uh, we need to do shout outs. I think right. Yeah, didn't last week. I don't think we've done it in a while. All right, hold on a second. We need to do it, guys. Give us your opinion. Uh, are is shout outs once a month enough, or do you want it twice? I mean, look, we appreciate you guys donating, and. Uh, We'll do it at twice if you want it twice, but absolutely. I don't know if anybody cares enough to. to, to for us. I, I don't know. Let us just let us know. We appreciate the feedback, honestly. Now that uh, you guys uh, are, are showing this really wonderful support on Patreon and everything, like we we now more than ever, we want to make sure we're doing right by all of you as the great fans you are, and uh, that's patreoncom slash ws. Y-I-H pod and go there and look at the tiers and donate and uh, we'll be adding some new stuff soon and changing stuff around and keeping it fresh. Yeah, there, there's there's merch on the way. I know I've been saying that for several years. There is merch on the way. There is literally merch on the way and it, it, it is coming to us through the help of the wonderful Emily Florence uh, who runs the Facebook group. Um, but it's coming very soon. In fact, she might have already started asking you guys about it. Uh, anyway, shout-outs. You ready? Yes. Anthony V. Manito, a.k.a. Party McFly, Philip Rashad, Caitlin, Derek Clark, Alex Shipley, Joshua Taj Bozeman, Culture Creature, Sean Pinnock, Amanda Liebson, Timothy Lesto, Shane Nazarene, Shelby L., John King, Clayton Stamper, Smelly Bubbles, James Nassman, Holly Barnes, Jeff Some Confidence. That's a good name. Jeff Some Confidence. Michael Madrigal. Go to Mr. Suit Records in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, if you're ever near it. David Bellinger, Tyler Zach, Kurt Ziegler, Jenna, Hunter McDonald, John Wolt, Justin Bohager, Adam Bembenek. Manny Rios, Demonio Rubio, Brandon Gash, Edmund Agabao, Agabao, Paul Pickery, Pickerel, Pickerel, holy shit, that's a tough one, Paul Pickerel, I think is how you say that, Jake Ferrot, or Ferrot, Chris Lind, Tony Quinn, Rob Lines, Danny Rudd, Jacob Barrett, Jordan C., Maxwell Ashcroft, Ryan Kohler, Joshua Christensen, Barb Allen, Jonathan Face, Rebecca Cohen, Chris Bowen. Oh, that rhymed. Mike Gibbons, Donnie Joyce, Michael Dawson, Jennifer Smith, Luke Henderson, Hader Ismael, Nick Walther, Connor 
Dennehy, Michael, just Michael, Stephen Kaupa, Koopa, Kaupa, Koopa, Kevin Swistowitz, Thomas Koza, Anthony J. Guajardo, Annie Johannes, Johannesson, Johanna, yes, Johannesson, Timmy K., Sean Florin, Dolores Martinez, Megan Lybrand, Scott Blickensdurfer, Alec Walker, Brett Wormer, Wemmer, sorry, Brett Wemmer, Tristan Carlson, Laura Sexton, Anthony Guajardo, Brett Klinker, Brett Klinkner, Alex Lowe, Weston Thomas, this is the one. We got to figure out how to say this guy's name. It's the one with all the consonants in a row. It might require a direct message to ask. HV, yeah. Can you message us, Weston Thomas, H-V-D-H-Y-L-D? Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea how okay. to pronounce that. Jared Blair, Josh Smallridge, Richie Verdugo, Chris Hopper, Emily Griffith, Emily Florence, Sean L., Jordan Parker, Jordan Parker, Dave Comerick, Abby Manuel, Kim D'Angelo, Jonathan Galat, Michael McBee, Carla O., Stephanie Power. That's a good, honest name. Stephanie Power. Yeah. <laughs> Sterling Abrigo, Jaron Sanderson, Diego Campos, Stefan Musa, I believe, Zoe Blazkovich, or Kavik, Edmund Dillon, Aisley Kivensland, Dan McLeod, Lawrence Bunganiers, Alejandro Salgado, Papa Spoosh, Tegan McLeod, Matthew Little, Tracy Reddington, Sean Thomas, Amanda Alzamora, Jason Weibel, The Fabled Knight of Two Sandwiches. <laughs> that's, that's a new one. Drew Spindler, Andrew Koval, Sam Mitchell, Aaron Melanowski, Scott Nolan, Jack Gertz, Greg Sorensen, Benjamin Tahia, Misty Zavar, Brandon Naki. Thank you for the phonetic spelling. Dajne Wilford, Johnny Ferg, Matthias Pawjo. Thank you, Matthias, for the pronunciation uh, explanation. Superfan Giovanni, Michael Gold, Danielle Dewar, Eric Lamora, Stephen Reese, Walter Keegan, Kevin Marsnick, Erica Banning, Lawrence Anderson, Jared Smallridge, Zach Schoendorf, Will Podorf, Natalie Craig, Nathan Basket, Anthony, Kyle Kinsland, the man whose name we cannot say, Ani Babaduk, Scott Patton, Reed Aesthetic, Brian Bularier, Emily Marvel, Robert Pearson, Michael Ayeo, or Aiello, Max Unrath, Heighton Davidson, Brian England, and John Weissengruber. Pat, I feel very lucky. I feel loved. Jesus, that is a lot of fucking people. We're very blessed. Thank you guys for the support. Nice. Thank everybody who's supporting us, uh, but even if you're just listening. Um, and uh, that's it. I'm Joe DeRosa Comedy at uh, Gmail. No, I'm sorry. G- Holy shit. Joe DeRosa Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, please follow me on Twitter. Or, I mean on Instagram. I'm trying to get those Instagram numbers up. And uh, the penthouse column, you let me down. It's out. Uh, 
monthly, but you gotta you gotta buy Penthouse to read it. So uh, go start buying some porn. I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Patrick Walsh. Tonight I recorded Kevin Porter's uh, new podcast from Gilmore Guys. It is called Good Christian Fun. Uh, they talk about things in Christian entertainment. We discuss the film Prince of Egypt. So many of you said you were fans of Kevin. He's got a new show. Uh, I urge you to check it out. Um, had a good time doing it. My show, Living Biblically, premieres February 26th on the CBS network. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you the other young lady who was on Good Christian Fun, whose name is Caroline Eli. I had to make sure I had her correct name. Thank you, everybody. We will see you next time. We will see you in hell. That was a HeadGum Podcast.